0: This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Good morning. Uh, I have the pleasure this morning, the privilege, uh, of beginning a new series uh, that we're going to work through as a church, both in the morning and the evening service. Uh, we, we got so excited. Uh, about reading the Gospel of Matthew, uh, which I know a lot of you have started doing for Lent, uh, we thought, well, let's preach through Matthew as well. Uh, Which means that if you are doing our Lent readings, you've already read the reading of the thing that I'm going to preach on this morning. Uh, So you're coming in pre-armed and ready to go. Um, If you aren't doing our Lent readings, reading series, Reading Through Matthew, or if this is the first you've heard of it and you're like, that sounds interesting, what does that involve? Uh, basically, uh, a theologian out of the UK called Tom Wright uh, has written little reflections that you read each day and a, a reading from Matthew or a psalm. It was a psalm this morning, if you, if you did it this morning, or it will be a psalm tonight if you're a nighttime reader. Um, but yes, mostly from Matthew. Uh, and so you can read each day Uh, a passage from the life story of Jesus, uh, as as it was written according to Matthew, Um, and we're all kind of doing it together. We even have a Facebook group, Uh, there's a lot of chat on there, people sharing, commenting, discussing uh, what they're getting out of each reading, which is awesome. Uh, If you get our newsletter, you would have seen Dan Copeland, one of our elders, uh, wrote a little reflection uh, this week about what he's been getting out of it. I think God is speaking to us uh, as a community, even when we're on our own reading uh, these readings uh, and thinking about Jesus. So yeah, next week, I'm not sure who's preaching next week, but I do know next week uh, we'll already be in chapter 8. So you've got the week to read 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and then we'll kind of, I think, a 9 maybe? Anyway, the point is... uh, You've got to read every day to keep up. We're moving through it. So let me read Matthew. Is this working? Click. Maybe it's voice activated. Click. Oh, there you go. Matthew 4, 18 to 22. It's a short reading this morning, uh, but you've all read all the context, so you know what's going on. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee... and followed him. That's it. That's the reading this morning. I love stories. I don't know about you. Maybe you love stories too. Uh, I love stories in movies. I love stories in books. I love stories in games. I love real life stories, you know, documentaries and biographies and and even the kind of story that you get when you watch a sport team through a whole season and all the highs and lows. And I love hearing personal stories, uh, kind of I think that's probably my favorite kind of story, to get a story from someone from their own, in their own words. Uh, last Sunday, um, it was really powerful he- hearing Jackie Miller share her life story. Uh, they've just started a, a, a little connect group on a Sunday afternoon, uh, and this term, somebody's going to share their life story every week. Uh, Jackie was on last week. If you missed that, I'm sorry. You missed a really good one. Uh, But that's okay. You can come back this afternoon. Andy Miller is going to share his story as well. Um, And these personal stories are are God stories. Uh, Christians often use the word testimony, um, which obviously has another meaning in a courtroom. Uh, But yeah, it's this kind of God story. What has God done and what has God been doing and what will God do in my life? And so this week, I was reading this passage, I was reading all through Matthew with all of you, uh, and I started to think, how cool would it be to hear the personal story, the God's story of one of the characters in this gospel? Uh, And the more I kind of thought about it, the more I was like, maybe I could just make one up. I could kind of, you know, I used to do creative writing back in the day. Maybe I could kind of creatively write uh, a, a testimony from one of the disciples, one of these four guys uh, here in their boats here in Matthew 4. And so, I did it. I've written uh, a little script, I suppose you could say, uh, a first-person account of the life of Simon Peter. Uh, so we're imagining, we're using our imaginations, we're imagining ourselves down the track uh, when Simon Peter is in the city of Rome uh, and I'm imagining that he's, he's got up in his church and he's sharing his testimony of his life story and especially the way that Jesus has impacted on his life. Uh, I've done my best to stick to what the bible actually says happened uh there are some gaps in what the bible says where i've kind of had to be a little bit creative so this is not scripture i'm not claiming it is Uh, but this is hopefully a helpful way uh, for us to imagine what it was actually like sometimes when you read you know we just read five verses and he just had these four names, bang, 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 oh, plus their father Zebedee. Uh, and Jesus says this one sentence, uh, doesn't he? Come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. But I think a lot, there's a lot more that would have happened. You know, they would have sat together and talked together for a lot longer than just that one sentence. Uh, so, we're going to use our imaginations this morning uh, and try and avoid heresy as we go. Are we okay with that? Let's do it. I do have a list, it's on my seat over there, of all the scripture references where I got all my ideas from. Uh, Because they're all over the place. They're all over all four Gospels. Peter wrote a couple of letters, there's bits in there. Uh, Yep, the book of Acts. There's a lot of references. So I do have my references. If you want them later, come find me. Here we go. My father named me Simon. His name was Jonah, which I reckon is a pretty good name for a fisherman, don't you? I don't really remember much about my dad, to be honest. He, he passed away soon after my younger brother Andrew was born. Andrew and I were basically brought up uh, by this guy Zebedee and his wife Salome, uh, and they lived in our town, and they had kids about our ages, and we all grew up together. And they were pretty well off, I suppose, and they could afford to look after us, but still, it was really good of them, wasn't it, to take us in like that? Zebedee owned a fishing business, uh, and so Andrew and I worked for him, uh, once we were old enough, of course, with his two actual sons, whose names were James and John. And the four of us, we grew up like four brothers. Uh, we did everything together. We, we went to the synagogue together and learned to read the scriptures together. Uh, we hung out together. We, we got in trouble together. Uh, and of course. We spent a lot of time on those fishing boats as teenagers and young adults. Or at least that was uh, until Andrew, my brother, uh, and John went down to Bethany on the Jordan. I don't know if you probably don't know where that is, but uh, it's down near Jericho. And they left us to the work. Uh, You see, they'd become disciples of this traveling preacher man called John the Baptist, Uh, And he was this preacher, this prophet who lived out in the wilderness down that way. And when I say down that way, like way down that way, like 200 kilometers walk from where we lived. And so, of course, when they'd been away for a while, uh, James and I did go and visit them. And when we did, they told us the most amazing thing – They said they'd met this man that that John the Baptist had introduced them to this guy who they said was the Messiah. Can you believe it? It was wild, like the actual Messiah that God's people have been looking forward to for hundreds and hundreds of years. And of course, I had to meet him, right? Why wouldn't you? And when I did, he was incredible, just like they said. And he gave me a new name, Cephas, which in your language is Peter. Uh, It means rock, Awesome name, right? Uh, you can call me Peter if you like. Actually, most people do these days. Anyway, we hung out down that way for a, a bit, uh, and then the Romans, the soldiers came, and they arrested John. Sorry, <clears throat> not John, my adopted brother, John. John, John the Baptist. I know there's two Johns. It's a bit confusing. Uh, it was a popular name at the time. Anyway, Andrew, my brother, and John, my sort of brother, have been disciples of this guy whose name is also John, and now he's been arrested. Make sense? Okay, cool. Now, all of a sudden, he's been arrested, and in fact, King Herod had him killed, and so the four of us packed up our things and made the long trek back home to Capernaum. That's where I lived by this time, the town of Capernaum. It's on the lake as well, and I wanted to get back there to see my wife. Did I mention I got married? Anyway, And of course, we wanted to get back home and and help Zebedee with the fishing business because he was without his four best workers at this point. Uh, And this whole disciples of John the Baptist thing that my brothers had got into kind of failed. And they were feeling really down, but also really, really intrigued by this Jesus guy we'd met. Well, wouldn't you know it? There we were by the Sea of Galilee... Mending our nets, minding our own business, and who should show up but Jesus? I mean, he lived in, like, Nazareth, which is not actually that far from the lake, but still, what a moment. This moment, he shows up while we're cleaning our nets, and we get to talking, and he says he's starting this new project, like, kind of similar to what John the Baptist had been doing down on the Jordan, but a new thing up around Galilee, and he says... Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Do you get it? Fishes of men, like fishermen, fishers of, it's a pun. Okay, cool. I didn't know if that would translate into Latin. Anyway, I've never forgotten that day. It was the first day of the rest of my life life. The four of us said goodbye to Zebedee. He was really good about it, to be fair. And we followed Jesus all around the region of Galilee and down to Samaria and even into Judea and the city of Jerusalem. And we saw him heal the sick. We heard him preach these incredible sermons. I even saw him walk on water. I got to walk on the water with him. I saw him transformed into bright and shining glory on the sacred mountain. I heard the voice of God the Father speak to him out of the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And then I failed him. After all that, I failed him so badly. On the night when they arrested him, just like what happened to John the Baptist three years prior, they asked me if I knew him, and I said, I said no. I was afraid, and I denied him. But you want to know what the most amazing thing is? He forgave me. That's what he does. You know, he forgives, he loves, and he loves, and he loves. This is the Jesus who would not let me refuse when he asked to wash my feet like a slave. He's got this irresistible, selfless love. And you know how it went, don't you? That he went and died on that crucifix outside Jerusalem. He died to forgive me, to forgive you, to forgive everyone in the world. No matter what we've done, it cost him his life, his everything. And he went and did that for love. And I saw, I saw his empty tomb on that Sunday morning. And then I saw him, alive, face to face. I could barely believe it. And we talked together, and we laughed together, and we cried together, and we ate together, alive and somehow more than alive. I can't put it into words. Jesus was my friend, and my teacher, and my Lord, and my Saviour. He taught me how to live and how to speak and act with wisdom. I'm a bit of a heart on your sleeve, act before you think kind of guy. Uh, And Jesus, I feel like he kind of softened that, uh, at least a little bit. And of course, he taught me how to be a fisher of men, just like he said he would all those years ago by the boats on the beach. He taught me how to tell people about him about who he was and and what he'd done for me and for you and for the whole world. And I did that. I did it first in Jerusalem, and they put me in prison for it. But by that point, I wasn't afraid anymore. His Spirit gave me the right words to say and the courage to say it and to keep on saying it. And, of course, he sent an angel to unlock the prison and let me out. And I preached again and again. I preached in Samaria and Joppa and Lydda and Caesarea and Antioch. And now here, here I am, in the city of Rome and in the center of the world, all these years later and so far from the sea and the boats of my youth. But I continue to share the incredible story of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I continue to fish for souls, to tell everyone who is to hear, like I'm telling you right now, this Jesus is the Savior of the world. Will you follow him? It's a good story, isn't it? (laughs) Most of that is in the Bible. I had to fill in a few gaps and make a few guesses. Uh, But I I do really find when you really meditate on the disciples, uh, when you pick out a, a, a character like Simon Peter and try and get to know him through the clues that are in the Scriptures, I start to see myself in him. I think I wrote some of myself into him for that little monologue. uh, Because they're so relatable, aren't they? You know, here is this guy who was just like me. Just an ordinary bloke, living his ordinary life, trying to follow Jesus. Flawed, frail. The disciples, uh, as you read through the Gospels, you see them arguing with each other over stupid things. You see them harbouring prejudices in their hearts against people that they shouldn't be prejudiced against. And generally just acting as not very good Christians in loads of ways. And I feel so reassured to think, I'm trying to follow Jesus and this is the model. Like, I can meet that bar maybe. If they can do it, so can I. And these men and women who followed Jesus changed the world. You know, it was Peter who had just denied Jesus literally weeks before, who stood up at Pentecost and preached the first ever sermon in the first ever church. And all of that began where we began this morning in Matthew chapter 4, with that famous calling. Come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. And I think that what we need to know this morning is that Jesus is still calling people to follow him, just like he did with Peter and Andrew and James and John. And I wonder, as we imagine Peter, whether you can imagine yourself into that scene, and imagine Jesus saying to you, come and follow me. I wonder what he's calling you to follow him into today. I wonder if he's calling you to share the good news of Jesus with someone in your life. That was the big calling on Peter, to be a fisher of men. Is he calling you to go somewhere, to do something new and different, Is he calling you to stay here and to keep at it, even when it's hard, through thick and thin, to lean on what God can provide to get through? I mean, Peter had plenty of hard times. Is he calling you to get alongside someone else, someone else that Jesus is calling and to go together with them and to be their encourager and their equipper and to push them? Is he calling you to forgive someone as he's forgiven you, someone who's hurt you, someone who's upset you, someone who's held you back? Is he calling you to do the right thing? You know what that is in your context, to do the right thing even if it costs you. Peter was thrown in prison multiple times in his life and tradition holds that he died for doing what was right, for following this calling of come follow me and I'll make you fish for people. That calling got him killed in the end. So, what I'd like to do uh, is I'd like to invite the band up, uh, and I'd like us to have, like, an extended time to just digest all of that, uh, to sit and to think and to pray into that. Um, maybe you want to reflect on this question. Like, if he has said, follow me, and you've said, yes, I will follow you, then you might want to consider, well, where? Where? It's one thing to say, I'll follow you, but where are you leading me? What do you want me to be doing? I believe that God loves that prayer and he can answer that prayer even now. Uh, Perhaps he's already been speaking to you uh, in your circumstances, in your heart, in your intuition, however you want to look at that in the past week or month or year, uh, maybe he hasn't yet. Maybe you haven't asked him yet. Uh, Maybe this morning is the time he wants to speak to you. Uh, The other thing is that if you have been following Jesus for a long time, or a short time, uh, to actually think of your own life, uh, the way that we just thought of Peter's life, and to think, where has he led me so far? How have I got here today and then where is next uh, that can be a really good exercise too so they are yeah, there your two options you can you can consider your past and how following jesus has got you here or you can consider your future and where might following jesus be taking you next